When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Monday Buckeye Talk. We're not marking anything down because we don't know what's going on. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means from Cleveland.com. Make sure you're reading Cleveland.com slash OSU. Try the text at 614-350-3315. We're recording this Saturday afternoon. Nathan was at the protest. This is the protest version of the podcast. We're going to talk about the latest of what's going on, I saw there was a very good, we put it out to the texters on Friday afternoon. We had a wonderful response to the Friday podcast with Stephen and Nathan and Desan McCullough and CJ Hicks. And one of the people said um, that they were, it was a great change of pace and it was a lot of fun and it was much better than uh, three ding-dongs re-speculating about what's going to happen in college football. And I, I don't know if re-speculating is a word, but I said that I would steal that word. It's a wonderful word. And, and we're back to re-speculation. So if you like the Friday thing, tough noogies. This is not that. This is not two fun high school kids with Nathan and Steven. This is a grumpy old pain in the neck saying the same stuff he said for 17 days now. Nathan, how was the protest, man? Steven and I didn't go. You went. How was it? A lot of people went? Um, I would say a couple hundred fans i would guess i didn't do a head count um but yeah i would say maybe a couple hundred um but probably no more than like 200 um I, the parent group was about 25 30 strong now that included um at least one baseball family i think a uh fencing family some other some other sports were represented but um and just a little bit more of a festive atmosphere than what looked like last week in Rosemont. You had like the, they were playing the fight song and stuff before. And uh, you had the public there kind of cheering back as they were making their, their speeches and stuff. So it was, had a little bit more of a, a feel of a rally than just a straight protest. Cause obviously they're not protesting against Ohio state too. There just happens to be, they were holding it at the rotunda today. Which does make it kind of, Hard. I mean, they went. I was, you know, they went to Chicago to pro- protest at the place against the thing that they're actually protesting against. Against, and there were more media there than there were protesters there. So, um, I, more, I think more, more media and protesters than anybody who works for the Big Ten being there too. Right. The offices are closed, so it was kind of a not a complete tree falling in the woods thing because the media was there, but they they weren't getting that impact with the people they were there to protest to anyway. So, so I want I want to drill down on exactly again. <laughs> It's the same thing. I mean, like, no, you know, I mean, it, it's the, yeah. there's not a lot that's going to change to the message. They didn't all of a sudden say they want to play with a, a purple football or have 14 players on the field at once. You know, I mean, like, it's the same thing. But there's two specific things. One, I, I think I want to get out of the way. And the other one, I want to drill down on more on this podcast. But I want you to outline them, Nathan, since you were there. Two things still. Two things, two parallel tracks, right, that they are pushing for. One is transparency and communication about the decision itself to cancel fall football while there continues to be a track of let's get fall football back going again, right? Or is it fair to say those are two things at once? It is two main points that they are making. It's two things at once, but the takeaway that I came away from today was also that 
one without the other, I guess, especially the first one without the second one is still going to be pretty hollow. I think to this group, I think there is still a, that's the, still the great disappointment is that other teams are playing football this fall. Other teams are pursuing a national championship this fall and Ohio state football is not. I think that, Kevin Warren could call each of these people individually. I think Kevin Warren and the Big Ten could put out a exhaustive medical detail. Although, again, that kind of the whole point of this is that it's it's not medical specificity; it's medical uncertainty that leads to this decision. But I mean, they could put out a, a trove of medical data, and I still think if at the end of the day, if they'd done all that first, and they were still canceling football this fall. And they were still the only well, – them in the Pac-12 are the, the only ones who had done it, and the other schools were still playing. I think they'd still that protest still would have been held today. Really? It would have been held last week. Because I feel like that's changed. I feel like when, John, when G. Scott and Monica Johnson were on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I mean, I've definitely had conversations with parents where they kind of realize, well, you know, it's not going to happen with the fall football, but they still want an explanation. So you, But you felt like today, this is the newest thing, there was an emphasis Saturday on play this fall. Yeah, none of them – I didn't talk to anybody who thinks that the Thanksgiving plan is even – it's a non-starter for them, whether that's Randy Wade or whether that's some of the people who don't have NFL immediate um, decisions to make. Um, none of them – they all say th- Thanksgiving's the same as January. Why are we even considering that? We need to start in October at the latest so that Ohio State – can play for a national championship this fall. You had multiple speakers get up in there and say, Ohio State should be playing for a national championship this fall. That's cha- that feels different to me. I feel like that, that, that's, that's not th- – there was a time where they sort of acknowledged that it's, it's probably unrealistic to play this fall, but we just want someone to tell us what's going on. So if this, is, if this path has changed, I feel like that's a little bit of a shift. Obviously, I both were there the whole time. So, Stephen, does that make sense to you? The idea of there's zero indication, right? I mean, if the, if the and we'll get into the Thanksgiving plan, which, which sort of popped on Friday. There is zero, zero indication, zero, that anything starting earlier than Thanksgiving is at all feasible. I mean, the, the Big Ten has shot that down every time it's come up. Does that make sense to you, Stephen, that that is something that the parents are very focused on right now, wanting a fall season that allows Ohio State to compete for a national championship, or is that a lost cause? I, I think it's a lost cause, but I understand. I think part of the reason why they're back on the fall thing is because if they're going to throw out the idea of playing after Thanksgiving, why not just play the month earlier and start in October? I think – what happened on Friday and that news that was coming out probably sparked some of this. Well, if we're just going to play late fall, why don't we just start earlier then? You know, I think that's what sparked it. While beforehand, when it was just Ryan Day pushing for the January plan and that seemed to be the only thing on the table, it was easier to, I guess, accept the fact that you weren't going to play in the fall. But now that an idea is being thrown out there that is in the fall, I mean, it's like, why not play earlier than if you can do it in Thanksgiving? I will say this. I talked to Monica Johnson today and she did say like, I, cause I was asking, there were like three or four questions that I was kind of trying to pin the parents down on, on, on a few of these points. And this was one of them. And I, I, she was the one who said, you know, if the big 10 would talk to us and tell us more, maybe there is medical data that we could rally around. We would rally around the conference and say they're making the right decision. She feels like that has not happened. And that's why, they can't do that. And that's why that, that, that this part of the protest is happening. So I am still getting that part of the message from her, but a hundred percent of the people I talk to do still talk about wanting to play football this fall. And I talked to, I don't think six or seven parents today. Okay. So what do you think of that, Nathan? Do you think that is a lost cause or do you think that something, and, and, and I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't fight for a lost cause, Exactly. You're right. You know, but but I mean, do you do you is there any there there with the idea of trying to get the Big Ten to play earlier and allow them to compete for a national title? And maybe it's one of those things where by by taking this cause up, you if you're someone like Randy Wade or Sean or Randy Wade who feels like this is Sean's ch- only chance to play college football this season, then I understand why he's continuing forward. And for all the player for all the parents, maybe it's just a matter of keeping pressure on the Big Ten to to get 
the other goals too. Um, but no, I, I don't think there's, it's realistic to expect that any kind of a fall season to happen this fall. And I think to go back to what you said before, what Randy or for what Monica and, and G said, when we had him on the podcast, uh, the thing that has maybe changed a little bit since then, I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but those other conferences are still moving forward. And I think that is, that is starting to influence more and more and more the Ohio state viewpoint to this. They are. I, I don't know that they're moving forward incredibly successfully. I really they're don't. Not. They're uh, not. And, and, and I've talked about this. I, I talked about it a lot on, uh, when I was on with Bo Bishop and James Laurinaitis in Columbus on Friday. I just don't feel like – I mentioned at the end of the Thursday podcast. I just don't feel like a lot of people are talking about it. Not in Columbus, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening in the ACC and the SEC with issues around – quarantines of football players, positive tests of football players, positive, lots of positive tests on campus, going online only on campus. It's not like it's smooth sailing for the three major conferences that are moving forward. Um, they've had, schools have had multiple days of delayed practices and, and bumps, bumps for sure. Now, it's, it's you know, they, nobody has stopped, but there have been games moved back. There have been multiple games moved back but I would, I would suppose that Big Ten parents would say to that, well, that's what our plan had. The Big Ten plan had these windows, and it was scheduled in a way that if you had to move, if we were at a point where the Big Ten was on track and there were enough bumps right now, and they said, we can't play the first weekend. We're, we can't start September 3rd and September 5th. That's not happening. They would have slid all those games back, right, to the bye week that they established, and they had a plan for that. So I, I think if you said to – to Big Ten people, well, look, it's not going necessarily great everywhere. They'd say, okay, but that's still preferable to just canceling outright. Um, but I don't know. Steven, do you do – you, maybe it's just our bubble here. I don't feel that discussion, not among Ohio – like I just – we don't know yet because that's the thing. That's why I'm interested in the two tracks. The one track is there's no debate. The Big Ten screwed it up, Right. The lack of transparency, the lack of communication, what their, their own people discussing whether there was a vote or not, they have screwed up that part of it. So if that's what your point is, like you won that point. You can't lose that point. If, if your fight is we should be playing in the fall, um, I don't know. That's, a not, that's less of 100% you're winning that point to me right now because I just see what happened, what's happening in other conferences. But, Stephen, it doesn't feel like – that's a big discussion point in among Big Ten fans right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you're right. They're, they might actually be losing that battle in terms of other conferences are playing and we're not. Why is the case? Because, yeah, there are you know, numbers are kind of skyrocketing on some of these campuses right now. But it's the, the fi- it's the, it goes back to what we've been talking about. The finite no. The Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC still have the option of moving things back because they haven't officially postponed a fall, a fall season. While the Big Ten has just, like, like we've said, they, it's a finite no. So there is no wiggle room for everything. So I think that's part of the argument is, at le- yes, things might, might be going bad right now, but at least there's still wiggle room. and It's not a finite no. So, Nathan, I want to ask you this. I sent this out to the texters this week. The idea of what if the Big Ten on August 11th, the statement it released where it said they weren't going to play fall sports, what if instead of saying that they had released the exact same statement but said only we're on an indefinite suspension of sporting activities? Nobody can do anything, and we're going to keep investigating. And you'd be in the same place right now, but then if you said, you know what, we are going to try to play starting October 15th, that you wouldn't be changing your mind. Right. It wouldn't be that you canceled for the fall. They said we're not playing in the fall. They said that. Now, they use the word postponement, but they said we're not playing in the fall. So if they play like in October, they're changing their mind. They really are. If it was an indefinite suspension of sporting activities until further notice, and that means everything else is the same, the parents could still be protesting you haven't told us anything. Why aren't we playing? But as you had discussions about restarting, you, the conference wouldn't have to be dealing with, well, is everyone to call us a bunch of flip-floppers? We're going to have to admit a mistake if we decide to play starting in October. Would that have been better? And would that make it easier? Do you think the Big Ten would be more open to starting a football season, let's say in mid-October, if they had phrased it that way, or do you think 
No, you know what? If they truly thought the, the medical data was there, they would admit their mistake, even though they said we're not playing in the fall and they'd get ready for mid-October. And it, the phrasing doesn't matter. They still are relying on medical evidence and that's why they're not playing. Or is there some little bit of, we don't want to admit we were wrong? We said the day that it happened that that would have been better, that they should have just delayed it. I think a lot of people were saying it the day it happened. Why do you have to say absolutely no today why can't you say it's we don't feel it's safe today we're hitting the pause button and we're waiting two weeks a month whatever that that uh, is not even have a not even have a date not even have a date right I, right but i do think indefinite suspension i think it's hard to suspend because then it's like well okay we're going to spend for two weeks well two weeks later well we're still suspended well two you just say we're suspended until we say we're not suspended anymore but with, do you think that they then would be playing October football? I think it's still unlikely. I think because okay. I still think at the end of the day, I think the presidents did make this because of, of medical reasoning. And I think that's the other thing here that I, for the, for the football parents, I think that's what's been tricky about how often they or other people, because um, we, you know, supposedly there was reporting that Gene Smith had brought up Ohio State's national championship aspirations on a call. And I think it's tricky to, to start putting that kind of thought into the argument that you're making, because from day one, it was whether it's Gene Smith or Ryan Day or whoever, they were saying Ohio State, or, you know, these decisions will be made based on medical science. And the football parents themselves said, we believe Ohio State is doing everything that it's supposed to be doing from a protocol standpoint in terms of medical science. When you start straying from that argument and start bringing in this sort of um, emotional argument that, it well, but also we have a chance to win a national championship, so we should just persevere through. I think that muddles your argument a little bit, and I think it detracts from what you were saying before. Steven, do you think if they were on an indefinite suspension of activities right now, they would be more likely to try to play in October? Possibly, yeah, because you haven't completely shut, shut the door. I think there is uh, some, in, some amount of not wanting to change your mind, not wanting to admit a mistake that probably factors in to some degree. I hope that's not the only thing, right? Like that's, again, it's like now you're compounding it. Now if you're like, man, if only we hadn't said it was, oh, if only we hadn't said we were done for the fall, we could play. It's like, well, then you should play. Then you should just say, stuff changed. We kind of screwed it up. We've gotten more medical information. Let's go. Now, the other thing I think you have to be careful of, I mean, I know parents, there were, Nathan, from your reporting and other people, there's people out there, I think, at the protest saying, let's start October 3rd. I don't think you can at this point. It's, no. it's, October, it's August 29th. I think they had talked about four-week and six-week preparation times, right? Like the sort of the when we were talking about this before, the two-week buildup to the four-week preseason and like with what has been done and hasn't been done right now and if guys are around or not or have they been, I don't, I don't know that you can do it in only four weeks. I think you'd be entering some potentially dangerous territory instead of in, in terms of injury risk and that kind of thing. I think if you did restart again, you would have to restart with practice one and the same acclimatization of two days of helmets only, then two days with pads. And then that takes, you can't be ready by October 3rd. So I think some of the people who are saying, let's play October 3rd. If you can play Thanksgiving, we can play October 3rd. I actually think that's wrong. If you're saying, if we can play Thanksgiving, we can play October 15th or whatever, or middle October or late October or early November. And again, the college football playoff has pushed its selection date to December 20th. If you started the last week of October, instead of Thanksgiving, you could play eight games. You could play an eight-game schedule and have it in under the wire and have the committee, the playoff committee, consider you. So I do think, you know, but I do think some of the early October stuff is just like, that's not feasible at all. I can't remember where I started this, Nathan, but I think there was a question in it at first. You <laughs> might remember it. What was I saying? Uh, I, I know what I was going to say, which was a point I was going to bring up, which is, you know, the people who also are, are saying that the the big motivation for the big 10 right now. And I guess Kevin Warren in particular, but also the, the president's chancellors that their big motivation is saving face. They're kind of assuming that their interpretation of the landscape right now is the same one the presidents have. And I don't believe that that's true. I think the presidents and chancellors would be looking out right now at what's going on in the sec, what's going on at Texas. And I guess that's another sec program. What's going on at some of the other ACC and, and big 12 programs. They would look at the, the, the results that Ohio state had last weekend, um, with the suspensions it had on campus that's happened at other Big Ten campuses. Did I, 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 
someone today was saying that Northwestern is switching to, did you hear this? Yeah. Are they switching to virtual only classes for this, for this whole semester? For, this I don't know semester. if it's the whole semester, but they had a, they had a plan of like, Hey, come back. I think they said freshmen and sophomores are going to be online only this semester and juniors and seniors will have some classes in person. So if anybody, yeah. So if anybody is looking at that and saying that the big 10 president to be looking at all of that data since they made that decision on August 11th and think that they made the wrong choice, I think that's a big assumption to make right now. I think if for some of those presidents and chancellors who voted in, in the first place to cancel sports, I think they would be doubling down on that right now and saying that it, it definitely isn't safe enough to restart this right now. And I do think there are some people saying if North Carolina has online-only classes, why are they playing football? And I think it's a reasonable yeah. argument. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it means 100%. they – doesn't mean they shouldn't be playing football. It means it's a discussion point. And so, again – it feels like around here because we're knee deep in the Ohio State stuff. It, and, and, and if the listeners and the tech subscribers, especially 614-350-3315, one of the great advantages of the tech subscription is telling me that you think I'm an idiot. It's only, I mean, that's worth four bucks a month to say, Doug, you ignorant fool. It feels somebody, like- Somebody today sent me an email, yes, last night sent me an email saying something I wrote was one of the stupidest things that ever read and i didn't respond to them not because not because Pay i don't care it. but because yeah text me that somebody last week or earlier this week texted me boy that thing you said was one of the stupidest things i've ever heard and i texted that person back to say actually i was responding to something steven said wasn't that even dumber and he said oh yeah i think you're right yeah but see that's you, why we love the text wait, what <laughs> <laughs> this is not a text us so that we can <laughs> we can guide you to steven the texts are what we want them to be there is, I think we could promote this more, especially going forward without games, that the text subscription is kind of like a dunk tank. And you don't get to walk up when there's a person sitting in the dunk, the dunk tank and there are three softballs laid out there. You don't get to walk up and just pick up a softball and throw it at the bullseye. You've got to pay three ninety nine for three softballs. But here's the thing, unlimited softballs. Three ninety nine a month. Let us have it, man! Bang, bang, dunk us every time, and then we'll pop up out of the water and say, "Nice throw, good point." Three ninety nine a month. Six one four three five zero three three one five. Let's take a quick break, and I want to come back. I did a I did a poll on Twitter, and I did a poll with the tech subscribers. Same poll, slightly different answers. I it's one of those things in my old age. There are times when I'm just going along in life and then I suddenly realize I have no idea what I think about something that I should have an opinion on. That happened to me and I wanted our listeners and our fans and Ohio State followers to help me. So we'll do that next after this on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk. I'm I'm assuming you guys saw the Twitter poll and the text poll that I sent out. I saw the text poll. I didn't see the Twitter poll. It was the same 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 thing. thing. So it was this. This is what I tweeted. And I don't do much on Twitter, but I actually wanted to see if there was a difference between the Twitter audience and the text audience. And there was some difference. Mostly for my own curiosity. Do you believe that college football can be played without many players getting COVID-19? Or do you believe that college football should fight through and play while players get COVID-19 as players and their families willingly accept any risk. So again, this is one of those things and I like doing it. I, I, you're forced into an either or when probably your answer is some of both. I think Ohio state parents, uh, the message, it's not a think it's the message we've been getting. They trust Ohio state and they, the, the safety protocols that the resources that Ohio state has to implement them that they trust Ohio State, that it can be done pretty safely. They believe in the safety. But I do also think the more we've gone along, and this goes into the thing that, again, that I've just been a little bit obsessed with, the idea that LSU had all but four of its offensive linemen either have positive tests or be quarantined because they were around the people with positive tests. I do feel like the more we've gone into this, the more it has become not, I think we can play college football safely, but more you're going to get it. Young, healthy people, there's really not that much of a danger to them. You're more likely to get it out walking around campus than you are the football facility, but people are going to get it. You have to live with it. 
And I just, I feel like that attitude has crept in more in the last month than maybe where we were this summer. Nathan, and then we'll get to the results. Nathan, do you agree, agree with that? My feeling of that general creep? Because I will say to me, those are very, very different approaches and ideas about dealing with the coronavirus. One is, I think we're so safe that not many people are going to get it. And the other is you got to live with it. You might get it anyway. Go ahead and live your life. I, that's, that's just, I, I understand how you can have part of both. And I think we all have part of both in our daily lives, but still you really got to lean one way or the other. Have you felt that creep? Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's definitely people. I, I thought I heard some of that even today um, that on one hand that they've, they, the parents have all along asserted that Ohio state had a great setup to keep their, to keep COVID-19 away from their football program. Um, and I, everything we've heard that that's that probably true, but I also think that there's also some sentiment out there now that um, maybe it's, you just deal with it and, and move forward. And I guess it's one of those things where just the pragmatist in me looks at it and says, uh, I, I understand your viewpoint on that. So go start a football team. You guys can all play. But if you're asking presidents and, and chancellors who's, who are in charge of the universities to sponsor said team, I understand that's how we get to this point that they aren't willing to accept that risk. Have you felt that creep Steven, or do you think that that opinion has not changed really? No, I, I feel it creeping more towards that they're young and if they get it, they're not in any real danger. I think it's creeping more that way as we get closer to, you know, some of these other conferences starting their season and you see what they're going through, but then some of them have suspended things, but then they've picked back up. And I just think it's creeping more towards the other extreme, which is a very dangerous thing to, dangerous game to play because there was a time early on when a bunch of clemson people got it right and at that yeah. moment people were kind of like oh man that's a lot of positive tests from clemson and then some people were like well maybe clemson's like trying to like get it out of the way and get it over with and just have their guys get it and people were like that's crazy no they can't be doing that they just had a lot of positive tests tell me if i'm wrong on this this is where i think i've come down on this this is a lot of respeculation. if you tuned out by now i get it i don't know what are you gonna do but this is a new theory from me I feel like the SEC, the ACC especially, are on the side of you might get it, you're probably going to get it, a decent number of guys are going to get it, fight through and play. We've got to live with it, live with the virus, that I think that's how the SEC and the ACC presidents and ADs and coaches are looking at it. I, I really do. That I don't think they're saying when LSU says – we have all these offensive linemen in quarantine. It's like, okay, well, once you have positive tests, you can't just say tough noogies keep playing. You do react to that. But I don't – there doesn't seem to be any indication of LSU saying, like, maybe we shouldn't play, right? It's like, well, this is the bump. We've got to find a way to practice around it or whatever. We'll pause as we need to. But we're going to keep playing. I do not know what the number of positive tests are. And this is something that, again, I think the Big Ten has to, to consider now. What is the number of positive tests that the SEC or ACC would have to have on their football teams to cancel football at this point? I'm not sure there's a number. Yeah, no, I think that that's, I mean, I, I fully expect these leagues to start trying to play football this fall. So if the SEC and the ACC, if their approach is, we'll do our best, but if you get it, it's probably not going to have that much of a negative effect on, on you. We're going to fight through. I do not think, that's where the Big Ten or the Pac-12 ever were, and I don't think they will get there, not the presidents. I no, think their, for, yeah. their issue is we don't want you to get it. And if we don't think we can practice and play safely, and if, and if we can't do that and prevent most of you from getting it, we, can, we will not live in the world of fight through. It's your response. You know, you accept the risks. That's the thing. Go, go ahead, you accepted the risk, good luck, we'll all do our best. And that, that to me explains a lot of this. And it feels like the parents have moved, at least the Ohio State parents, a lot of them are more of the thinking of, we trust Ohio State, but if somebody gets it, we're not going to freak out and say stop football. So I think that the Big Ten decision makers would still tell you we're at the, if we think we can do it safely, we'll do it. But if we can't do it safely, we won't do it. 
the SEC and the ACC are, we'll do the best we can, but we're going to fight through no matter what. And maybe the Ohio State parents are more towards that line of thinking. And maybe you guys and everybody listening to this has realized that all along. But that crystallized for me in the last couple days. Because those two lines of thinking, A, we can do it safely. B, we'll do our best, but if you get it, fight through. Both get you to play. Both get you to the, the end result of let's play. But boy, to me, it's very, two very different ways to get there. Am I only respeculating and restating the obvious that has been there the whole time, Nathan? Or, or has this maybe this thinking emerged in the past couple of weeks as we see how different groups are handling this? I think it has morphed a little bit. I think the important thing to remember, though, is that, you know, there's a there's a very vocal group here at Ohio State, the, 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 the football parents at Ohio State. There's a, uh, a power of 10 above that vocal group at Nebraska that's, you know, filing suit and getting really involved in, in pushing the Big Ten. Um, it's not that widespread, though. Like, not every fan, not every parent group is this. And I, I'm, I'm curious, um, it would be interesting to be inside each of those groups to, to see where the fervor is compared to the way it is at Ohio State and Nebraska right now. I don't feel it coming from, again, sometimes it's just because of what gets the most attention and, and obviously where we are right now, but I'm not necessarily seeing a, a huge like Minnesota parents group. That's like beating down the doors to play football. Like it, um, and there are even some, even the, the letter that was released earlier this week only represented 11 of the 14 schools. Like, so I don't know. I think that's also one of the, the things that at play here when you start to factor, what are the presidents and chancellors thinking and what would they potentially do? What are they hearing? Like Ohio state, a school that already wanted to play football is, is and in Nebraska, a school that already was voting to play football. They're hearing it a lot from their parents. I don't know if you're getting that same push from all the parent groups. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying one is wrong and one is right. And I'm not saying that the parents or anybody who's pushing to play is uh, blind to science or blind to negative consequences. I think a lot of it is, you know, depending the, the, the science that you rely upon and how much of a threat you really think myocarditis really is or what you really think the negative outcomes for young people might be. And obviously how you view the science certainly affects your decision making there. So I don't want to make it sound like that for sure the Big Ten and anybody who's being more cautious is right. I'm more cautious personally, but I certainly see the other side of things. But I do think, Stephen, if that's where the divide is, I think that's intractable. Like, I don't think then there's not a meeting point. If there are enough Big Ten presidents who say, if we think a bunch of people are going to get it, we're not playing. And we're never going to say, we, if you, yes, we know you willingly will accept the risk and we know that you might sign liability waivers or whatever. We're just not doing it. But that maybe the SEC said, yeah, we'll do it. They're, they're kind of having different discussions. But if you're just, again, if those are the two sides, I don't even think there's a middle ground there. One, one group is much more comfortable with the idea of some people getting it. And one group is much more uncomfortable with the idea of some people getting it. And I just don't know that there's a solution there. And that's why I don't think, and Nathan, this is kind of what you've been saying. That's why I don't think necessarily some of the pushes that the, some of the Big Ten parents or coaches are making, they're just they're like pushing on the wrong door. It's this door over here. And until, if you can't show the Big Ten presidents, nobody's going to get it. We're going to play and nobody's going to get it. Look at the NBA bubble. Look, we're going to do that. But then as soon as the Big Ten presidents see LSU and Alabama and Texas A&M and North Carolina State and every other school that has shut down football practices for a couple of days because of positive tests, they're going to look at that and say, nope, we're out. Steven, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see a middle ground then, really. No, because you can't have a middle ground when you're on opposite sides of the spectrum, but only one side is making all the decisions. So whatever side of the spectrum that the decision makers are on, that's what's going to win out. So there's no need to have a middle ground or even a discussion at that point. It, the only sort of shocking thing, I guess, I don't even know if it's shocking, but it's just, you know, I think most of the parents and players out here were probably on the side of, if you're, you're probably going to get it, we understand that, but we want to play anyway. I think what was shocking was, and maybe that's not the right word, where that there were some universities and conferences in total who were also on that side, while the Big Ten and the Pac-12 seem to be the only conferences who were on the other side of the spectrum. It's about risk balance. We've talked about it all along the way. I hope I'm not putting words in any parents' mouths, and I know there are some parents who listen to this, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying I think that might be why 
like the argument's not going to work, right? That, that the, 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 the Big Ten and Pac-12 presidents are just maybe looking at it a different way. I, I do want to say the results of the poll, and I just found it interesting. Again, it's for my own curiosity. So again, to repeat, do you believe that college football can be played without many players getting COVID-19? Or do you believe that college football should fight through and play while players get COVID-19 as players and their families willingly accept any risk? The Twitter poll was 42% fight through as players get it, 37% not many players will get it, and then 21% they shouldn't play. Whatever, I don't, they just shouldn't play. So that's a pretty even split on fighting through versus no, I think it's that it can be safe. There was a greater divide in the texture poll. It was 58% some players will get it but fight through. Only 14% said not many players will get it. And then in the texture poll, 29% said they shouldn't play. So again, it's like, it feels like sometimes we, the way it's presented, or the, again, it's just what the squeaky wheel gets the grease that you think, well, everybody thinks that they should play. And, and you know, there's, there's a significant 25, 30% here that, that says they shouldn't. Is anybody, Nathan, are you surprised at all by those results again? Basically, fight through while players get it. That was 58% from the texters and 42% from the tweeters. Did, does that seem high to you? We've talked Early on, we talked so much about Ohio State is so safe. Look at the great job they're doing. And that, especially from the texters, 58% of the texters saying, no, that's not really the deal. It's you just kind of got to fight through and do the best you can. But if you get it, you'll be okay. Surprised by that or no? Well, I think – one thing that's probably influencing that is they're seeing the parents, they're seeing the players when we've had chances to talk to them and they've done other interviews. I mean, they're seeing the, the people most affected by it say, we want to go, we, we want to try to get through this. And I think that's probably affecting that result a little bit that they're seeing that the actual people, not just us, not just the people who are having academic conversations or speculating about it. The people who would actually potentially get COVID-19 from playing football and their parents are saying, let's go. So I think that's influencing those results a little bit. But also to the point of Ohio State's been so safe, if you're going to go ahead and play and if you get it, you get it, but they believe Ohio State's already this safe, it's a lesser chance that they're going to get it in comparison to maybe some other schools because they can play through it and if you get it, you might get it. But also we're probably not going to get it because we believe our school is safe. And that I think is wrong. I, I, I am in favor of believing in your people and having trust in the people that you trust your sons to. And obviously there's a difference between the Mac and the Big Ten. But I don't really think like, okay, Texas A&M had whatever, had 20 people test positive. And LSU had this. And uh, NC State had to pause for a couple of days. The Power Five, right? I mean, they're all still doing the best they can. I don't know that anybody's being blasé with it. So I, I do think if you feel like, and, and part of it is, too, we're seeing tests released. Is this interesting? Is anyone still listening? I, I, like, I don't know what else we're supposed to do. We'll have more recruits on. I don't know what to tell you. What are we going to do? I, it's, it's happening, but it's re-speculating. Big Ten schools are releasing testing numbers from football programs still, right? Didn't Michigan just release? We're seeing some things of, yeah. look, our numbers, like we have none. And it's like, right you're not playing football. <laughs> right. right. Like if, if, if your example is like, hey, look, we have no positive tests while we're not playing football, we should play football. On, on one hand, of course I get that, right? But on the other hand, part of the reason that you have no positive tests is because your conference said stop doing it. And that if, because we are seeing the other schools that are practicing, they have positive tests, right? So I, I, it, it's, I feel like it's 50-50. I mean, if Michigan, if they were releasing and said, hey, we have 30 positive tests, even while we're not playing, it's like, well, then of course you're not going to play. So I get while they're, while they're celebrating that, and you should celebrate that. I hope nobody in America ever gets COVID-19 again. You should celebrate it. But I'm not sure it's exactly a case for restarting football. Nathan, like, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of both things at once. But I would think the Big Ten presidents could look at that and say, look, awesome. Hey, Michigan, we don't have a single Michigan football player who has coronavirus right now. That's a victory. That's worth canceling the fall football season for. 
I think they would say that's exactly why we're not playing football right now is so that none of you have COVID-19. I think that's what they would say. Um, again, not making a judgment on that, although I guess I would probably, I guess I can, I can see the benefit in that. I mean, it's, and, and I think it, there was some, there were some things that, that were being said today that I, I understand the, the, the sentiment of the, the parents group. I wanted to give us Randy Wade, especially a chance to clarify, because he was saying um, he, he wore a shirt today that said uh, no, no easy way out. And I guess his contention was that the, the Big Ten um, took the easy way out in canceling football when it did. Um, and I wanted to make sure that he, to give him a chance to clarify that, he was talking about the timing. And I want to make sure that he had that down because a whole bunch of money is out the door because they're not playing football this fall. There are the only other protest that I saw today or only other organized thing that I've found evidence on so far on Twitter from my look around was in Iowa. They're trying to, they were having a, a rally to try to figure out how to save the swimming and diving program that's being canceled because there's no football revenue. So I don't think it was, I really don't think it was an easy way out. That's one of the other things that I, I feel like some of these parent groups have, have really steered into thinking that the, the big 10 did something very hasty and cowardly. And I don't, I, I think that's a, I don't know that the public sentiment beyond the most ardent football fans is really going to buy that. It, it really, it almost is the opposite. It's like almost unnecessarily cautious, right? More than easy. But yeah. when you are losing millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars throughout the conference, right? Hundreds of millions, really, it might be a billion. I mean, if we're talking about potentially a hundred million dollars times 14, I'm no math mathematician. I don't know. How do you do? What's a billion? That's a lot of money. Steven's looking up. Steven's doing the math in his head. I appreciate it. I think One, it carry the zero. <laughs> yeah. So, A, you're losing a lot of money. Everybody hates you. Everybody hates you. It really is more. I feel like it's if someone threw a grenade into your bunker. So, COVID threw a grenade into the Big Ten bunker. And the Big Ten, and it, but it wasn't going to go off for like five minutes. And the Big Ten just dove on it and just laid on it for five minutes. And everybody was like, you know, you could stand up and like throw it back or kick it away or go bury it in the ground. And the Big Ten's like, no, I've got this. I will protect you. I will get off the grenade. Seriously, it's like 438 still left. Please stand up. And stop trying to like, be a hero. <laughs> stop trying to be a hero. And like in the SEC and the ACC bunker, they're like dropping back and throwing routes with the grenade. They're like, whatever, man, we're good, we're fine. And the Big Ten is just prone, shooing everyone away. Please, dear God, 357, there's plenty of time. And they, they're going to blow up. They're going, they, they're going to blow up. But they don't want anyone else to get hurt. So I do think, I think that's a very astute point, Nathan. I think easy is the wrong terminology. Hasty, perhaps overly cautious. Try, Nate, Stephen, trying to be a hero when we didn't need a hero yet. All that. But, I mean, if you look into, what's easy right now? You know what's easy? Hey, uh... We sent all the students home, but I, I mean, the football guys are going to stay and play football, right? I mean, and we only have one offensive lineman because the rest are in quarantine, but we're still having practice. We're, we're good. I mean, like, we're fine. Yeah. 20 guys got That's it. It's easy. Yeah. We still yeah. got like 60 guys. Go practice. It's fine. Our, our center's still practicing, so we can still snap the ball. Now I'll have to run around a lot, but you know. Yeah. And, and even hasty is a tough thing to, to use, a tough terminology to use right now because simultaneously the argument is that hey, where's the plan? Like, what, what's the Big Ten doing? We need a plan right now. We need to know what's happening. Let's go. What's the plan right now? So it's like both that they, they, they acted too quickly, but then also and clearly deliberations are happening. That's why some of these plans are getting leaked out. So things are being discussed, but it's not happening fast enough. And so I, th there's some real contradictory arguments that are happening right now. And I, I understand that at the end of the day, for these people, it is emotional. I understand that. I don't have a son or a daughter, and none of them play – if I did, they wouldn't be playing football for Ohio State because they would have come for me. But if if <laughs> – I think we're all in don't, agreement on that. Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, you gave yourself no. So, hope. so I don't have that emotional connection. I understand that that kind of is underlying here. But I, I, I think, 
I, I do think that the, the message could, is, is starting to stray a little bit from what would actually get them some traction. All right, let's do this again, a quick break, and we'll be back with whether we think November would be better than January. We'll be right back on Buckeye Talk. All right, stretch one on Buckeye Talk. Nathan, you said the parents at the Saturday protest did not like the Thanksgiving plan. They did not think that was any better than January. Stephen, we'll start with you. This is the thing that was brought up on Friday. Everybody has confirmed that it's at least being discussed. Could they maybe, I think Pete Thamel said there's four different proposals the Big Ten is discussing. One is start around Thanksgiving. One is start right away early January. One is mid-January. One is after the Super Bowl, which means like early fe- or mid-February. Mid. Do, you, do you think, Stephen, is starting on Thanksgiving any better, any worse than starting like on January 1st, or is it basically the same thing? I think starting the week of Thanksgiving might be better. I don't know why people don't like that idea. I understand maybe it's just because you're starting to play while the, the other three conferences are in the middle of you know, playing their conference championships or whatever. But here's why I like it. One, you do get kind of a bubble effect because for the bulk of December, most of the students aren't going to be on campus in well, a normal year anyway. The schools, the schools are like almost everybody moved up their academic calendar to have everybody go home by Thanksgiving and not come back until the second right. semester. So, right. but, e- but even in a normal year, after like the first week of December, from what I remember from college, you aren't in class anyway. You go home. So even in a normal year, it's still just student athletes on campus. And they're going to – Ohio State would be playing in a bowl game in a normal year anyway, so they still would be there preparing for a bowl game or a college football playoff game. So it's not like they're not playing football anyway. So you get at least six weeks where it's just student athletes on campus. So you do get that bubble effect. and You get the bulk of your regular season out of the way without having to worry about, oh, if a student athlete goes to get something to eat, is there going to be a regular student there who hasn't been you know, as safe with his protocol and isn't wearing a mask going to give him COVID? You don't have to worry about that because they're not there. And also – the earlier you play, the higher up the chances go that some of these guys who might go to the NFL are going to play as well because it's further away from when they have to pre- actually start preparing for the NFL draft. So, yeah, we all – I think in January, Justin Fields might play. I 100% think he'll play if it's in a November season. So, if they said, Stephen, it's up to you, the choices are Thanksgiving start or January – first week of January start, you would pick Thanksgiving. Thanks, yeah. Okay. Nathan, what do you think? Do you, do you like the Thanksgiving idea? Is it any better than January? I think it's better than January from the standpoint that Steven just said, as far as it would give um, the NFL prospects a more palatable option to play. I think it also, and it's one of the reasons why there might be some support from the coaches. I think it makes, it gives you a better chance to have a normal fall 2021 season, a full 12 game regular fall 2021 season. And more importantly, full 12 games worth of money in fall 2021 because you're going to need it because all these athletic programs need that money. So I think that's why Thanksgiving is better. And it's the one that I would vote for. And I think you're going to see Ohio state's coaches probably support it too. What I, but again, the definite impression I got today from the parents I talked to today and what they were saying on the mic in front of everyone was that Thanksgiving is not better because Ohio state would not be able to be in the college football playoff if they don't start playing till Thanksgiving. They're not going to be in that anyway if they play in January either. So that's their point. Yeah, that's their point. So why not move it all the way up into October, move it three or four weeks earlier and sync that up. Although I'm not sure that the college football playoffs is going to wait around for whatever they're the not. Big Ten wants to do. Yeah. They're going to do their own plan. Well, so if, they did it, so- if they did it in October, it would just be, I mean, you've got to have your season done by December 20th, but if you could start in mid October and get some kind of season done, however you decide it, six games, eight games, whatever no cross divisions with no hiccups. No, I know, but everybody, but I mean like that, if you started in mid October, you could get a reasonable season done by December 20th. And then you're facing the same hiccups. I mean, this, the SEC is only starting September 26th. That's only, they only be three weeks ahead of you. Right. And so, I mean, there is a, there is a way to do that. If you wanted to do it, the, the thing I guess I would ask you guys is, I mean, we are getting into some, some iffy territory of, what medically makes it what if you could play medically and scientifically and safely if you could do it starting thanksgiving why can't you why couldn't you do it starting late september what's the difference that's barely any time now and that's, that's two why months I, there's yeah. a distinction between would i vote for november over january 
or would I vote for November at all? I think those are two different things, right? I'm still skeptical that November will be able to happen. I'm, I'm still very skeptical scientifically that we're going to be in a place where the presidents and chancellors want to play football this fall. But January at least gives you, we watched a whole season of everybody else. We watched a whole season of the NFL. Time, when we had Ralph Russo on Thursday, time is an asset, right? Just any of this stuff. The battle against the virus, time is an asset. So what's the difference between Thanksgiving and January? Five weeks, five more weeks, right? Five more weeks of information, five more weeks of medical advances. And, and again, the part of it is, here's why I think, and here's why I think October wouldn't work either. Mostly why I think October wouldn't work. I don't think they want, I don't think the Big Ten presidents are going to let their players have contact and practice until they let some other people be the guinea pigs. And so you have to extend out at least a month. So again, the SEC is not playing games till September 26th. If you're saying, why can't the Big Ten start in the middle of October? Part of my answer would be because they're not starting practice until the SEC starts games. And, and if you think it's 100% for sure that the SEC games will go off flawlessly with no problem, you're crazy. I'm not saying they won't go off fine, but if you're sure of it, you're crazy. It could be a disaster. So, and then, so you're going to say, you're going to start Big Ten practice in like mid-September and then the SEC plays and by Thursday after the first game, you have 27 positive tests on every team in the SEC and the Big Ten has started practice and it's like, what are we doing? It's, so that's, I just think you have to remember the practice leeway you have to give for this. And that's a big part of this, I think. So, the, you know, the other thing I want to say real quick, the other thing that, 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 that people are getting criticized, the Big Ten is now being criticized additionally for the messaging um, because this Thanksgiving plan has leaked out, even though it's not like the Big Ten has officially said we're doing, we might do this. You know what I mean? That's not coming directly from the Big Ten. It's leaking out through Big Ten officials or Big Ten athletic directors and, and whoever. But I think that's also something now that's getting attached on to the original messaging because that's something that the players or the parents today were talking about was, um, well, if you're talking about Thanksgiving, that just proves you shouldn't have canceled football altogether like we were talking about before. You should have given yourself more time to make the decision and then maybe October would be on the plate. But it, it, it's, I, that's, a little, again, one of those things that's, I think, a little bit of an unfair criticism to lob on there because of the fact that somebody's talking about Thanksgiving at all. They're leaking it on purpose. They're, they're doing trial balloons now to see how people react to the different plans. That's, that's part of it. They're not mad that the Thanksgiving plan has leaked out. They want to see what people think of it. I'm not sure that there's enough. I mean, the bubble idea, the mini bubble that the students would be gone. And to Steven's point, it's like, Oh, well, how come you're okay with the students being gone and football players staying in December, but you're not good with, they go to online class now. It's because that's how it happens all the time in bowl season. And if you are sending your whole student body home for the whole semester and keeping football there, that's a different deal. And for an organization who is constantly trying to walk that fine line of being amateur versus pro and trying to, you know, differentiate themselves, that's a perfect way to do it because it came within the natural cycle of a year and not you building it in as a, you know, special treatment for the student athlete. And I wrote this for Saturday, and I don't think this is a semantic argument. There's a difference between saying preemptively, hey, we're sending all these people home for Thanksgiving break. We know that that is just a disaster if you try to bring them all back as far as what's going to come back with the virus. So we're letting them stay at home. That is different than if you had to cancel, if you had to cancel in-person instruction in the middle of a semester because of an outbreak. That's right. two different things. And that's the, the second thing is the one that a lot of people, we've had the academic discussion. If that happens, I don't know how you keep football players on campus and have them play a season. That's different to me, though, than what is playing out at all these campuses, which is from a precautionary standpoint, they're just finishing the semester online. But that's what North Carolina's doing. They sent the students home and they're having the football players stay on campus and play a football mm-hmm. season. Right. I, I don't know if the Big Ten would be comfortable with that. I really don't. I, I, and, but they, ha, they are, have avoided facing that situation by just not having football this fall. And so. we'll see what the repercussions are for North Carolina in the long term, not just in terms of COVID-19 right now, but because of what sort of precedent does this set in other, in other facets. The other thing, and I, again, for the 17% of the listening audience that stuck around this long, I think so. And nobody, I, the, the thing that aggravates me about this is like, I feel like we're making the case for the big tens decision at the moment and they won't do it. And we've presented like seven varieties of different arguments that 
at least explains it some. I'm sure there are people listening to this who vehemently agree with most of what we're saying, but I think there's at least some logic to some of it, right? And they refuse to do it. So we're sick of doing your, carrying your water for you, Big Ten. Get out and do it yourself. Um, and I can't even remember what I was going to say. So I just, I just don't, I just, I think the process is indisputably bad. The decision is perhaps not indisputably bad. And so we just have to see where you get. But I don't think in the end, I'm not so sure if you're, if you're thinking about the bubble, the idea of all the students go home at Thanksgiving and you start practice the day they go home, you do a last round of testing and then you have December, your bubble is a practice bubble that you practice the month of December. That's your preseason while the students are gone and you start games on January 1st. I'm not so sure that's not a better use of the bubble than, okay, let's start practice in late October, mid-October to get ready to start games on Thanksgiving so we can play games in the bubble. I, I, I don't know what the better use of a, of a, of a month-long bubble would be. Um, but I think in the end – the idea of you're not going to play for a national championship either way. I don't know exactly. And then you gain five more weeks of knowledge in a million different ways. I'm not exactly sure why Thanksgiving is that much better than January because the national championship idea doesn't change. And then what else, right? Other than just, and then I do think you sort of open yourself to the argument of, well, if November, why not October? Right. And if it's like, well, it's January, we, we wanted to get through the end of the year. It's January. It's not November. I think that's harder to, to argue. We should have played in mid-October. All right. I don't know. Where, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know what's so in the end, like, do you think uh, so Nathan to recap? Finally, we want to recap, 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 recap. The, the amount of discussion at the protest on Saturday about an October season, right. Which again, has not been broached by the big 10, not in any report. How, how much was that a part of the discussion among the people there and the parents? It was a it was a big topic of discussion in so much as when you ask them, why don't you like the November season? Their answer is, if you can do November, why can't you do October? So again, they're not even saying necessarily they have a plan for October that they're putting out there. I think it's more to the point of a, 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 a roundabout criticism of the fact that we're at this junction in the first place with no, no possibility of having an October season. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know if people listen to that. I mean, we'll talk more football. There's stuff coming. We got plans. But again, here we are. It was like it was decided and it's over. And it's like, nope, it's not over. Not exactly over. People are still fighting about it. So uh, God we bless. We do have some stuff. I mean, we do have some stuff this week. I want to I want to tease a little bit because I started thinking about We're what we can have on the pod this week. Because okay. you, may, you may or may not be around for some of the pods this week. Should we tell people that? Yeah, I'm going to take a little last little break here before, uh, before the Browns start. So, yeah, I'll, 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 if big stuff happens, I'll duck in, but otherwise may not be around. But one thing I think that we can do, Stephen, can you confirm this? Can we finally have the spring roster showdown? The spring roster draft showdown. Is that technologically possible? I am 99.9% sure on my crystal ball that, yes, you will finally be able to see your team lose. <laughs> to Steve well, we're, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that as early as this week yeah. we can do that. Um, well, we, we don't know when the Big Ten is going to give us some information on the schedule. I can tell you we expect to know more about Ohio State's budget. They've been really – stonewalling us and dragging their feet on giving details on the athletics budget. I think we will know that as early as Tuesday. No, what earlier than that. No, what they project is like the overall what loss. The hit will be to athletics and possibly um, getting some, some insight into what the, um, the resulting cost cutting measures are going to be. And some of the cost cutting measures that some schools are doing are just like take a big gigantic loan to get yourself through until you start making money again. Right. Right. And I listened to the whole uh, Board of Trustees audit committee meeting last week, which was drier than your coupon bought BK chicken fries. It was just, it was like the most boring two hours I've spent in a long time. And it yielded nothing really, except for the perspective that, okay, yeah, $130 million is a lot, but Ohio State's endowment is like, you know, five point something billion. And I think they can probably figure things out. I, my my, as I'm sitting here today in my modest home on the east side of Columbus, I think this 
massive university with a lot of money can probably figure out how to float through this without making catastrophic cuts, but we'll see. And I think that's the one thing that like those of us in sports don't necessarily realize that athletic department budgets. And again, you have to realize the athletic department operates as a separate entity. They pay the university for the scholarships that their players have. They give money to the library. If they have a couple extra million dollars sitting around, like it really operates as a separate thing, which is why sometimes the arguments about like, well, how come the football coach makes this much and a professor only makes this much is like, because they're two separate companies and they really don't have anything to do with each other. So like also because you complain if we raise your taxes to pay the professor more because you want to have money to go buy football tickets to give your money to the football coach. Right. And and nobody's <laughs> paying nobody's paying to 130 bucks to watch physics class. So I right. mean like right. it's just a different yeah. thing. They got a loan to do that. Yeah. So like I but but the point is comparatively the budget of the athletic department even at Ohio State, which has the largest athletic department budget in the country, is minuscule compared to the university budget. It is a, it is a fly spec. It is 1% or 2%, right? I mean, so the idea it's not, it's of – I don't know if it's that small, but it's, it's, it's especially, it is especially small at Ohio State because the medical center is attached to that, and that's a whole behemoth, and all that budget kind of goes side by side. So it's like we can get caught up, and it's okay. We get caught up in the sports world. You listen to a sports podcast, but it's sort of sometimes it's like, what are they? Oh, there's no football games. What are they? It's like they're trying to figure out how they're going to get thousands and thousands of students, whether they're going to pay full tuition or not, or whether they're going to keep like, you know, which is why, again, I'm sure people are mad at this podcast. Not to defend the presidents, and, and, and it's, um, it's one of these things. I'm caught in between a little bit. The athletic directors know a lot more about what's going on with the athletic world than the presidents do, and they should. That's their whole job. The presidents cannot be obsessed with the athletic department, even at Ohio State, because if you do, you're going to fail. You're going to fail in other ways as a university president. They're trying to figure out if the university itself can operate. So the idea of, you know what, like, let's just cancel football so we can try to figure out if we can have classes or not. I'm not saying that's a justification and football should be more important than like, uh, just cancel that thing on the side. That's a bonus. We have other things to focus on. So I'm not justifying that reasoning, but I think there might be like a tiny bit of reasoning in there. And while people are marching in a circle and a couple hundred people went to Ohio stadium on Saturday to protest why they're not playing football games. And it's like, where is Christina Johnson or why isn't Christina Johnson is like, I'm trying to have, and thousands and thousands of people show up and live in dorms and go to class and be a university. I am not spending all day on football. Like you, you have to realize that that's frustrating, which is why maybe you should lean on your ADs. And if all 14 ADs wanted to keep trying and the presidents were like, nah, 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 that's probably not great decision-making because maybe lean on the people who are the experts in this subject. But I mean, on, on one, you know, Kevin Warren doesn't have anything else to do. So like he has plenty of time to deal with this stuff. The presidents have a lot to do and the football program is not, it's not the only thing on their plate. I don't think we made anybody happy with this podcast. I'm not sure we made ourselves happy, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. That's the Monday podcast. These guys are going to, you know, light it up for you. I'll be around if there's breaking news. Um, but I don't know. Maybe they'll – maybe, like, we're, we're continually on hold for a plan. So, who knows? Maybe we'll have a plan. If you want to be a tech subscriber, love to have you. 614-350-3315. We keep getting, uh, we keep getting messages from tech subscribers. Wes K sent us one like this, which is basically like, I kept bug. I kept telling my friend about the text and finally my friend was like, fine, I'll subscribe to the texts. And so if, down. seriously, I mean, that's the whole, that's our whole strategy with the podcast, with the text subscriptions. It's not that you're excited to be part of it. It's that finally you just give in. God, shut up already. It's four bucks. I'll do it. 614-350-3315. Drop the reviews. At Apple Podcasts, readcleveland.com slash OSU. Thanks for hanging with us. Nathan, thanks for going down and doing the, uh, doing the protest. Was there a lot of media there? A lot of media hanging out? Uh, usual, usual suspects. Yeah. 
Were there like coaches down there too? I saw like Mike Pantoni was there. Kevin Mark Pantoni was there. Uh, Kevin Wilson, I I saw was there, uh, just kind of mingling um, away from the 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 groups, but uh, they weren't like involved with the protest. Obviously, yeah. um, they were just sort of observing. But yeah, there there was there was some of that. I didn't see any players. I was trying to keep an eye out, and I thought that that was actually a good visual for them because that was something else I was asking today. Was hey, is everybody like what are you hearing from the players? Is everybody like still being diligent, staying – because if you guys want to play in October, that's the only chance it's going to happen. You can't have guys out doing college stuff. And, of course, uh, you know, the parents are like, oh, yeah, well, my, my kid's doing what he's supposed to do, but we'll see. I did see Kevin Wilson uh, retweet on Saturday. Someone had tweeted, like, fire Kevin Wilson. And he was like, what's going on? It's like someone meant fire Kevin Warren, and they typed in the wrong thing. And Kevin Wilson's like, I'm getting sideswiped by this whole protest thing now. And they're like, oh, sorry, man. It's like – Who's to blame for this? The tight ends coach for Ohio State. The buck stops with him. All right, we appreciate you guys hanging out. For Stephen and Nathan, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>